So in this episode, I'll be speaking with not one, but actually two people. I'll have the pleasure of speaking with Savannah Geyer and Nicole Bruno, two social media marketing rock stars. Uh, we'll be discussing their thoughts on social media and what the future holds for it. Hope you enjoy. Woo! All right. Savannah and, and Nicole, thank you so much, you two, for, for joining the podcast. Uh, just for everyone listening, these two are social media marketing experts. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that we should, it would be cool to start off by just talking about, you know, social media and how how surreal it is, how... Uh, what your both both of your thoughts in regards to just growing up without social media and how kids today are so glued to their phones. I know like me personally, like I, I didn't get a phone till I was like 16, 17 years old. Now kids are getting them when they're like 10 years old, as young as 10 years old. Yeah. Like yeah. What, what was your experiences like growing up? Because I think it was probably similar to mine, but I don't want to make assumptions. Yeah, I feel like Nicole and I both have like really interesting perspectives because we have siblings that are a lot younger than us. So um, Nicole's sister is still in high school and my sister's in college. So I think that like from when I was growing up, I mean, I got my phone on my eighth grade graduation and it was like the biggest deal ever because all my friends had them <laughs> and I really wanted one. And um, I got like my first one was a razor and like I thought I was the coolest kid ever. I hope it was pink, Savannah. Mine it was, was it was red, but <laughs> that sounds cooler than mine. Um but anyway, like I mean, just to like enter high school with a phone was a big deal. And then at my high school, we had um we had like EDU email addresses. So as soon as Facebook came out my sophomore year of high school, we were all able to get them because we had like these EDU email addresses. And it was like this huge deal because no other high schools in our area like had that type of email address. So we were like the cool kids. And at that point, like everything was public. So like, you know, like you didn't, you weren't able to like hide your profile or add friends. Like you just had a profile and we uploaded pictures that like, if I had even like thought for one second about what I was doing, uh, you know, like nowadays I would never do something like that, but we would upload like pictures from like the party from the night before. And like, we started to see the consequences like really quickly where like people were, um, who had like been accepted to colleges started to get, you know, like their, um, acceptance was like became denied because of these pictures yeah. they were posting online. So I feel like, um, like my high school experience of like social media, you know, was more about like the privacy issue of like, when you put something on the internet, it's on the internet forever. Um, but like the, the challenge now of like, you know, my 12 year old cousin has a Snapchat and Instagram. Um, Facebook is like far too old for him. He has a TikTok. you know, he, they have like these things where they're documenting their entire lives. And like, I'm so grateful to not have anything documented from when I was 13 years old because I would be very embarrassed. And like the fact that like, you know, like our future president has a TikTok and could be like 11 years old right now is like really wild that like, you know, what we put on the internet now is like much, much greater than what was on the internet when we were younger. Yeah. I think also like, you know, it's, it's crazy because yeah, the kids now, they, they're still like very, they're very involved in social media. Right. But like, they still have the, that mentality of like being a teenager. Like, I don't think that they actually really think thoroughly uh, about what they're posting, even though they know a little bit more about what the consequences are than what we did. And it's like, oh, well, everybody's doing it. Everybody can see everything. I mean, it's interesting when you think about like when you're on TikTok and like now there's like teachers with TikToks and it's like these kids find them and see their teacher dancing and things like that. And it's like such a, a weird like way or like just um, so different from when we were younger. Like I didn't have a Facebook. I mean, Savannah, you got it really early, but I didn't get one until I was going to college and I didn't even 
make it myself. Like my friends were like, you're going to lose touch with us. You're going to, you know, how are we going to stay connected? And like made one for me, you know, before I like went off to college and I didn't even have a smartphone until I graduated college, which was like absurd. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) People used to make fun of me all the time. Just like walking around with this like brick of a phone, like strangers on the street would be like, what is that? Like it was a fossil. You didn't even have like any apps until after college. Right. That's crazy. Crazy. Right. And it's so funny because like you choose like I, like I we're working in social media and I'm like, I was so late to the party. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I think that I had like an iPod or whatever. And like, if you had Wi-Fi, you could like use it, like have the same apps, but like (laughs) even Instagram, I was like late to, like, I was like in college and like, I think like in the other room, like doing whatever cleaning or something. And my friends again, like made me, they were like, you have to get on, you have to be connected. You have to do this. And like, it's funny. Like when you look back about like the memes about like, Oh, I like what we used to put up and you scroll all the way to the bottom and like, look at these pictures. And I'm like, why did I post this food photo that is so (laughs) terrible? And like preset filters were just like, but it's lucky. It's like a picture of like, a crayon versus you know like versus like something where it's like a picture of you 13 like dressed in like a tube top dancing you know like Charlie D'Amelio you know it's just like so different now like the way that we were what we posted and put out there and stuff I like my like claim to fame in college is that I was like one of the first like thousand people to join Pinterest I am like so opposite where like social media has been since it launched I've been like on each of the platforms within like the first year. Like I, it's something that I always thought was so interesting. And even like from a marketing perspective, like my first internships in college, like I had an internship every summer at different, um, different companies doing marketing for them because at that point, social media was like a free marketing tool. And obviously like people still think it is a free marketing tool. And from a, a from a point it is, but obviously we work more in the advertising piece of it where you have to pay to actually reach your audience. But, um, at that point, like you, if people followed your page, then they were seeing your posts. So I like had sort of always been really interested and fascinated in like, um, how social media could be used as a tool for a company to sort of have uh, a voice and like have, um, like a, a sort of like personal presence my like college mascot, I like ran his, uh, Instagram profile. And like, it's just like for a brand to have, uh, like a mascot or a voice that is like, you know, these companies have like these documents of like 20 page papers of like, this is the voice of our brand. And this is like the type of brand that we're going to be like, uh, I always feel like Wendy's is such a like classic, like their Twitter account, like they're savage, like the responses that they have to stuff, the things that they put, put out there. And it's like, people really enjoy it and it's like really ballsy, but it works, but it's like, you have to even like, um, on Instagram, like I'll see like Pornhub, like they always comment on stuff and it's like so random. Like you would think that like, I don't know, it's just like interesting for for all of them to have like sort of a voice and stuff. So I've sort of tried to always be at the forefront of different social medias. And like, even with like TikTok, I know I'm like 29, but you know, like I had a TikTok back in the beginning of the year when it was like all, all, you know, the gen gen Zers, but I'm pretty obsessed with the generation of Gen Z. So have to be following whatever they're doing. So I'm assuming both of you had uh, MySpace at one point in time, right? For sure. So no. what are your thoughts what? in regards to how... Ha- what? Did you just say I no? Know. I literally am so lame. <laughs> this is about wow. so much cooler than me. <laughs> but I can chime in. It's fine. I know. I know enough. <laughs> I'm like embarrassed to be known with you. <laughs> well, uh, what I was going to say is, um, what what do you think it was about MySpace that made it not get over the hump and be able to be what all the other social media platforms ended up being after it? It's a really good question. And I almost feel like it was like before it's time, sort of like that people didn't want to 
to share that much on the internet yet. And like, this sounds stupid, but like the internet was still kind of new, you know, like when we were little, like yeah. we couldn't be on the phone and the internet at the same time. Like if I, if I explained that to my sister, she would be like, I'm sorry, what? You're, like, <laughs> no, literally like my mom couldn't take a phone call while I was on the internet because we had dial up internet and like, you know, you know, you're a nineties kid when you like that sounded like, <laughs> like when the like, internet's connecting, like, so like we, I don't know. I just like, um, I think that like people were still sort of nervous about the internet and putting stuff out there. And, and, and that's just sort of like my perspective. I mean, um, Tom cashed in and like now he lives like a luxurious life and whoever bought MySpace sort of like stinks for them. They bought it at a really good time for him, but not for them. So, um, but yeah, I sort of think that's why I don't know. Nicole, do you have, I don't know. I just think that like, I mean, I never really got into it, but I feel like <laughs> the, t- the content that people were sharing on it, like, I don't think any, like, I feel like it was a little bit all over the place. Like it wasn't not that like Facebook or Instagram or is as cohesive, but it's like kind of like what you're saying. Like people grew up, the internet got more like what you were going to share with everybody on the internet. Like, I feel like back then maybe they didn't know who was really looking at it. Like, I feel like it was a darker like I'm going to say darker platform, but like more emotional, like people were like, I don't know, you had the the song that went with your profile and like yeah. things like that. It's like, it was like more like, it wasn't emo or whatever, but it was just like, um, I feel like not as upbeat as like an Instagram where like, everyone's like, this is my perfect life. Like, this is like more like a place like you shared. Yeah. Um, do you think it's, it's fair to say that MySpace maybe was a bit more real than than Facebook and Instagram? Because to your point where you're saying like it's a bit more upbeat, it's a bit more happy. Maybe it was that MySpace was a place where people felt like they can be their true self and didn't have to put as much of a front as they do on, for, like, for instance, Instagram. I remember... In, in like high school and even in junior high school, like I have a very vivid memory of one of my, my good friends, Jonathan, he was going through a breakup and like, he, like he, he made his like background dark and he, he was like, he had the song won't go home without you by Maroon <laughs> five playing and like had like a really, like it was very dramatic. Uh, you know, you, you can't get that same effect. I don't think on <laughs> the other social media platforms like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. interesting to think about it like that. Like, it was definitely like a more honest place. Um, like your, like your, your like song had a lot to do with your mood, and definitely like the way that social media is now is so the opposite of reality. Um, and even like it's like a trend to do like you know, Instagram versus reality and post like a picture that's like perfect for Instagram and like, like the aesthetic of Instagram and then have the second picture be like, you know, just like you're not paying attention or like making a funny face or something. And it's kind of like, why, why has social media turned into this like perfect world versus um, us, you know, being able to be ourselves. And I think it's interesting because when I think about it from like a Gen Z perspective, like, they sort of came back to like it being more real where like people would have like their Instagram where they put their perfect life. And then they would have a Finstagram, which is a fake Instagram, which is like their close personal friends would have access and they would post like, Oh, like, you know, like blah, 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 broke up with me. Or like, you know, like I, my, like, I feel sick today or whatever. It was more like a more um, raw log like, of, Yeah your like raw and real life. And it was, it's interesting that they like sort of brought that back as like a place to share because I think of like all of the generations that they're sort of the most open. And I think that I see that on TikTok too, that like, it's been, it's like been a more raw and real platform that from my perspective than like Instagram and Facebook have turned into, but that like that generation still views Instagram as like a place where you put perfect things. It's funny because, um, I, we were, Nicole and I have like an, another coworker, Tiffany, and she went on this like week long trip to Maine. Her and her husband went, they were on this Island, like sort of by themselves. There was like two or three houses on the Island. 
And the whole week she was posting like all these beautiful, like they were hiking and they were like on the water and like their dog was adorable. And they were like posting all this stuff. And we were texting her and we were like, honestly, like you should move to Maine. Like, it looks like you're living your like best life. And she was like, wait, really? Like we hate it here. Like we, we like don't like the outdoors. We realize we're city people. Like we didn't sleep for two nights because there was like a noise on our porch that we thought was um, you know, like a bear on our porch, but it ended up being like something stupid rattling, like a, a tag on a grill. And then they were like, and we saw a mouse in the house. Like we were, they were, she was like, it was actually horrible. We were like, you didn't put that anywhere on social media. Like it looked like this perfect vacation. Um, and she was, so after that, she posted like a few, um, things to her story, just like being like, in reality, this is what it was really like, but it is funny that like, of all the platforms, Instagram has really turned into that. And I actually think that that, I mean, and we can talk more about it, but like, I think that that's a huge piece of like why social media has sort of turned sour because it's the expectations of what you need to live up to based off of, um, you know, what your friends and what the people around you post has like, I think led to like a lot of, you know, like mental health issues and, um, like people feeling like they need to be perfect or that they can't share things that are going on with them. Um, so I think that it's like Instagram specifically for me, I think has been like more of a, a negative platform than some of the others just because of that, like picture perfect feed that, that people have and feel like they have to keep up with. Mm, Yeah, I, I definitely uh, see that and and agree with you on that. I think this is actually a perfect segue to talk about um, the social dilemma, uh, which was your your two's homework. Um, <laughs> do you think that? Well, first off, what were your thoughts in regards to the movie overall? So I think I told you this, but I like didn't really want to wa- watch it to begin with because <laughs> you, I think you told me that you watched it like a month ago when it first came out. And I was kind of like, listen, like I feel bad enough about what I do for a living. So I don't really want someone <laughs> to like rub it in. And oftentimes with those type of documentaries, they focus a lot on like the user and like how like social media as a, as a, pla- like a, um, as like a new part of our lives is like disrupting our lives, but it was interesting how much they focus on advertising, like that advertisers are perpetuating and sort of paying for these platforms to be free for people. And therefore like more users are going to join. Um, so I actually thought that it was, I thought it was really well done. It's very one-sided and Facebook and other platforms have, yeah, Facebook and other platforms have put out a lot of like information basically being like, this is all of the things that we find wrong with this or inaccurate. And I do think it's interesting how many people from the industry that they, they were interviewed and were able to get, because I think that like those companies can be so toxic when you leave them. Like I'm surprised, like I, I'm assuming that they'll get some sort of like letter, you know, or like lawsuit or whatever. Um, The one guy was like, I definitely, I'm so afraid to talk to you guys. And I was like thinking that immediately. I'm like, these people are risking a lot unless there's like a lot of legal like backup that you won't get in trouble. I mean, it's like such a walled garden. I'm like, wow, like I didn't expect this many people to come forward. I thought that like all in all though, like for a documentary, I thought it was like a really interesting way that they set it up. Like I did like, or like kept me like interested, just like the bounce back between like seeing like an example, like where it wasn't all just like sitting there listening to people talk. Cause I think people would have just like totally tuned out. So I think that it was definitely like engaging and like kind of like got their or what they were trying to say, like across through like examples without like just being super boring. So yeah. I think that has its pros and cons. Cause like people really, were immersed in it and now are like really st- stepping back and like thinking through. And I don't know if, like you said, Samantha, are they doing the research on the other side? Like it is kind of one-sided. Like, yeah. I thought it say. was crazy when like, um, like the guy came on and he was like, yeah, I invented Gmail and Google chat. And I was like, that's so cool. That's and he was like, and I wish I never did it. And I was like, Oh <laughs> shit, that sucks. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Uh, like uh, you know you don't think about like oh that someone invented this or someone was on the team that invented it and he was like the amount of guilt that all of them had I thought was really interesting that they were like we've created this monster and we never 
thought about the consequences. We only thought about the good parts. And listen, there are so many good parts of social media, um, connecting with people, connecting with like old family members or with like people they went to college with, like, you know, the connection piece of it and like the interactivity is so, so smart and, and really amazing. And it does enhance our lives. And like, the fact that there's more information that we have access to through these platforms is great. But the flip of the coin, which they, a lot of these companies didn't think about when they were creating the platforms is the, the amount of like inaccuracy, the amount of like hate that happens on the platforms, the there's just like, they really just didn't think that through. They really were only thinking about the positives. And now it's these platforms responsibility to go back and sort of fix the things that they've made a mistake on. But a lot of the company and, and, and some of them have worked towards that. Listen, like Twitter and Snapchat both have removed, um, like they've both started fact checking their platforms. So even like Trump had a tweet removed because it was inaccurate where like Facebook, because they're this like big monster and like there's never going to be like a threat against the platform where they're going to be like, oh, now we'll do what you say. You know, like even like they tried to do a boycott of the platform and like they really didn't see a hit in sales. Their their, um, like stock didn't really dip. Like they are just going to always just be fine because they're the biggest because they own not only Facebook, but Instagram, Messenger, like they are the biggest. And so I think they have a lot of work to do, in my opinion, specifically with inaccuracy, because I think that they're, I think that what's good about like social media and this like next generation is that they have more information at their fingertips to have and voice and, you know, like, create their own opinions listen like when I was growing up like I just listened to my parents because there was no real place that was like teaching me like that there was two sides to everything and so I just sort of like followed their views and you know like even like religion like I went to church because they went to church and like they were Republican so I when I first registered to vote I registered Republican just because I was like that's what I know and what's great about social media is that like it can influence these kids and like now we see like Kellyanne Conway's daughter is like famous on TikTok for like vehemently disagreeing with her but still living in the same house with her and like voicing her own opinions and having them but the problem is is that they're so inactive so much inaccuracy in what's available on the platforms that we don't know if we're educating people in the right way. And so the platforms do need to do a better job of making sure that there's like a line between free speech, which I understand and agree with, but that it it is accurate. And then the other, the other piece of it is like all of the hatred that happens. It's really hard to like make sure that platforms are um, like monitoring that, but they, like there shouldn't be like, like KKK Facebook groups that can't exist, you know, like that is a hate group and it can't exist. So like Facebook does need to do a better job of making sure that that, that type of stuff can't exist on their platform. And that's just like their duty to the public and their duty to like people ethically. So I, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think that it's, it's definitely hard like I like in one like in one breath I I I I want to judge them, but in the same I'm like it's kind of a hard task to to ask of them. Like you know I think of Facebook like before the pandemic I haven't been on Facebook in I want to say two three years really. Like I would like you know have it where I'd log in like I'd use it as a convenient login for like yeah. other applications and everything, but I wouldn't actively be on it. And then like during the pandemic, I felt like it was huge to have it because it, it was a place, you know, when you were isolated, where like, you know, we were on lockdown, where you could stay connected to people, know what other people are doing. I was able to communicate and kind of get in touch with people that I haven't spoken to in years. So I feel like that's like the positive of it. But then to your point, like on the, the negative aspect, there's, you know, it's like really, really easy to, to like go down the rabbit hole of one type of perspective because, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's an algorithm at the end of the day, they're trying to keep you on there for as long as possible. And it just like, I think from like a, a standpoint of just like free thinking, mm-hmm. I think that there's a bit of, there's some gaps within it because, you know, you'll, you'll just see that people are just, spitting out things that are just blatantly false that they think are true because like they liked something 
and then they just get served all this garbage. I can't tell you how many times I've had people post things either on Instagram or Facebook that was so easy to just Google and know it wasn't true. And they they spread it. And then ever like someone sees that and like, you know, it's it's something that's going to like just incite rage in someone and make them just, you know, emotionally react and just spread it. You know, like there was like this, um, for instance, there was this uh, false statement made about, uh, I forget the boxer name, but it was like an old, like a, a black boxer from back in the day. They were saying that like he invented the monkey wrench and that they called it the monkey wrench as like a, a racial slur, like calling him a monkey. And I'm just like, huh, that, that sounds a little suspect. I looked it up within 10 seconds. So like, it's not true. It's something that like came up, like just like was spread on Facebook, like in 2003. And like, it's like magically popping up again and people like just post it. And then you look at all the comments, everyone's upset. Everyone's yeah. saying all these things. And then it's like telephone, but, but like the retarded version. Yeah. And, you know, you look at that and then like, are you guys familiar with Cambridge Analytica? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you want to maybe uh, a little bit on that? Cambridge Analytica. Um, so like two years ago, they basically like took, I mean, I'm not definitely not an expert on what happened, but they took data from, um, from Facebook and Facebook like says that they didn't know about it. I don't know. And they used it sort of illegally um and it turned into this obviously like this huge um like like court case and um that's like when facebook sort of became under scrutiny for like their data practices and a lot has changed in the last two years from a data perspective on all of the platforms and across sort of a lot of media partners because of it um oh no um but a huge uh, like it it has like changed a lot of um on our end it has changed a lot so like from what we do from a day-to-day basis is like work for companies to reach their audience and it has limited some of our targeting capabilities because of the changes in my perspective and the way that i feel like most people feel I think that people want to have advertising that is catered to them. So like, if you're not interested in goldfish, you shouldn't be getting goldfish ads. And it, and for me specifically, like I will buy things based off of what I see on platforms because of like the, I'm like fine with people having my data if it can be more catered to me because I want to see like, you know, the like latest fall fashion. I don't want to see like golf balls. Like I don't want golf (laughs) balls and I'm not going to buy them. So like, don't waste your money on me. You know, like I think data is really important, but I understand that like people, some people think that it's creepy. Um, I mean, I just don't even, it's just, it's, I think it's a generational thing too. Like my parents are like, that's so creepy. Like, I can't believe you guys have all this data on us. And it's, from my perspective, I'm like, no, I'm glad that we, that they have this data on me so that like they can, I can be like sort of targeted correctly. And, um, I will yeah. shamelessly plug for the both of us that Savannah and I both message, uh, brands when they've incorrectly targeted us or, <laughs> um, I recently like bought a treadmill and I keep kept getting retargeting ads for it. And I like DM them and was like, I bought this already. Like, leave me alone. Like you're, you're wasting your media dollars on me. Like I already bought it. And I have to say it ended up being, I got less over time. So maybe they saw my DM. Maybe they didn't. I don't know, but wow, I, need to I do, do I, I, it's like, it's, kind of such a media geek thing to do but I'm like this is annoying me now but I have to say it's like you know a lot of people are always like that's awful how they have like kind of what you said like it's awful they have all this data but then they are like I don't understand why I'm seeing this this is so irrelevant like I don't want to like like why am I getting xyz ad and it's like well either they have your data and they target you correctly or you're gonna get just whatever and it's like yeah how are you gonna you know impulsively impulsively uh 
buy my shoes that I don't need if I don't get the right ad for them at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to Julian, what you were saying around like, um, back checking and like the fact that people could easily Google things. I think especially, I think personally, obviously people have like struggled with this year. It's been a really crazy year, but I actually think that like for the universe, we needed a year like this because I think that there's been a lot of change this year and I'm hoping that it continues to happen. Um, but I think especially like during, um, like, I guess I would say like during the last like four months, there's been a lot of information on the internet and a lot of people like reposting things without checking. And I, um, I posted like two things that were not true either. And I Mm. should, I know, I know, (laughs) but I'm I'm owning up to it because, yeah, no, yeah. Because why wouldn't I trust that? Like from this source that I trust, they posted something and I was like, Oh, that must be true because it's a trusted source. And then like my brother DM'd me and was like, Savannah, that's literally not true. Read the comment section. And like the whole comment section was like, this isn't true. This is what's true. Blah, blah, blah. This whole thing. And, um, so I, I have started to be better about fact checking and stuff, but I do think like, and, and it's, would it's really hard and I'm not really sure how it works, but I do think that like the platform should be better about fact checking things too. Um, and I think that like, in order to do that, they would need to hire like mass amounts of people to go through all of the content that exists, especially knowing that like a lot of content that exists is private. So I'm not even sure like how that works. Like Twitter has it a lot easier because a lot of people on Twitter are public because that's part of like sort of how the platform works. Um, but I'm not sure exactly how that works on Facebook. So I think it's like the duty of people to obviously fact check and make sure that whatever they're posting is accurate but also that the platforms have some work to do from that perspective too. Who's really reading the comments really? Yeah. You know, like it's so easy to just like see something, believe it, and then repost it. Well, now I learned to to read comments. I just think about even like the, like it kind of goes back to like, oh, that game of telephone, but now they have access to the internet. Like I hear stories from my parents all the time and then like, they, like the things that they say, I'm like, what? Like, where did you hear this from? They're like, yeah. oh, so-and-so told me. And that person ended up being getting it wrong. And I'm like, there's just no way. And then like yeah. you end up doing that Google check and you're like, oh yeah, this is completely wrong. Don't go telling people that. And they're like, awkward. I already told 15 people. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> I did that recently because my mom told me that we weren't going to do daylight savings. And I like went around telling people because every year they're like, they're like, oh, this is the year we're not going to set the clocks back, blah, blah, blah. And here I am. And I was like, then I had to go back and like text all the people that I told or like came in contact with. I was like, I totally made that up. Don't go spreading that. Like that was not, not right. And like, but it happens like that. At least I didn't post it on the internet. That would have went to a lot more people. And I'm sure like a lot of people aren't like, yeah, you, you're saying, Oh, I owned up to it. And like, maybe you took it down, but like the, everyone that saw it already saw it. And you're not going back and being like, I have publicly apologized. I was incorrect. Like blah, blah, blah. So like, even though like, it's not, you know, by anybody's fall or like, an, you know, it happens to everyone, but it's just like, sometimes you, you end up like not being able to control it, but it's just like so crazy how quickly things can spread. And like, I see it all the time, like all those like chain Facebook posts that like a lot of like, you know, you live in areas and like we have those, um, uh, community groups and like, Oh, it like this going on down the street is some sort of scam, whatever. It turns out not to be true, but like, it's amazing because you can literally like destroy someone's like business or whatever, like in a, in a quick second, like giving them like bad reviews, false information. Like it's, it's crazy how quickly you can like, that's actually, I think that, 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 that's a good, topic for us to to touch upon uh lightly uh cancel culture in social media like you know the, there are so many anecdotal stories of you know individuals who you know may have made you know minor mistakes and their lives were ruined like i think one incident was for instance there was like this middle eastern man who um he he was an immigrant he came here he built a business like somewhere on the east coast I'm probably watching the story, but like he built a business in the East coast, like, you know, 
making whatever and like was able to like just make a good life for him and his family his daughter his younger daughter posted something that was you know just a bit ignorant but like you know she's a teenager she said something stupid someone knew that that she was his daughter they started saying all these you know terrible things about him posting all these bad things his business went to shit and now he is suffering because of a mistake that his daughter made right uh you know which you know okay she said something it's messed up but like what are your what are your thoughts on just how you know a small like a small group of people can can basically just ruin an individual's life fairly easily just by just spreading information that may be somewhat true but is not taking in the full context of the situation yeah i think it's interesting that you phrase it that way like in in some instances like that instance specifically like he really didn't have control over that but a lot of times people are are sort of ruining their own lives by yeah. posting the things that they've posted you know it's not right. like it's a fine line for it sure. really truly is and personally like I don't really believe in cancel culture I think it's like humans make mistakes and I think that it, that recently like it's definitely very hard to like just like apologize and like move on that's just like not it's it's not enough to just be like well I'm sorry that I did that and we're going to move on from it um, but, but like to show that you've like learned and, and, and grown, um, and like, like done, like done something to like better educate yourself or to be not as ignorant or whatever. I just think if we can't forgive people and, you know, if it's like a pattern, like obviously like there are some people like Trump who like, I'll never like he he doesn't think that what he's doing is wrong but if people are acknowledging that something that they've done is wrong they're willing to learn and to move like move forward i just think cancel culture is so harmful like we could destroy people's lives so easily and that's why would we want that you know that's like we don't we want people to learn and get better and we want to improve our society so canceling people that doesn't improve our society that just like isolates and alienates people and then they'll continue to feel that way so I don't know. I just like, I cancel culture is like something that I just like really don't, don't believe should exist. It's like that fine line. Like it's either one, like, yeah, like, I mean, you can kind of play that blame game and be like, some people deserve it. Some people don't, there's always going to be two sides of the fence, but it's like for the people that, you know, you're like, wow, that was a really like gray area. Maybe like, I mean, there was that influencer. I don't remember which one, but that like got hate shamed after not being or posting things like during early on in the pandemic, like yeah. seeming that they were out and about or whatever it may be. They and, titled like, her the COVID idiot. So yeah. Yeah. But like, that's crazy. Wow. Like, I mean, that was also like during a time where like people, you that's know, we didn't know though. as much about COVID <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, the play on words though, like people are amazing and yeah, like, like how quick like, people damn. are. Like the I think like what's amazing is like how you don't realize like how quick people are when like you're like you watch something instantly on TV and then you literally look at your phone and the memes that are made in milliseconds is amazing and i love how it's like a running joke like you like you're always like if you do something about embarrassing you're like i don't want to become a meme and i think about all the times and all the pictures of my friends and all the things i'm like oh my god this could be a meme like you just have to think about that like everywhere you go anything you do like people can see like it's not like uh back in the day like that like nobody not everybody has a camera now like you can't you can't do anything like it's just crazy it just like makes you not want to have children like, yeah, like, I don't want to, ha- like, I don't want to have, you know, like I had a fo- like back to the original conversation. Like I had a phone when I was in high school, but like kids now to your point, get them when they're like 10 years old. And it's like, I don't want to have a child with a phone at 10. I don't want a child with social media at 10. Like that means that their innocence leaves so much earlier than when we were kids. And that's just not fair. Like they shouldn't have to grow up that quickly. And they, you know, like, it just like would it makes me nervous to bring kids into a world like that where like they're like especially with like online bullying and um you know the fact that like anything that they say is on the internet forever and it I don't know I just it definitely makes me weary of bringing more people into the world no yeah it's it's anxiety inducing I think that 
you know, uh, back to our earlier conversation, I think about like when we were younger, it's like the majority of the day, it was either you were in school, you were hanging out outside playing, you go home, maybe watch some TV, play some video games, eat, sleep, repeat. And you see kids today, they're glued to some sort of device, whether it be their cell phone, you know, playing, you know, whatever game that kids play now or like on their Xbox, like they're they're chatting with their friends via text. Nobody seeing anybody in person that much. I I feel like that has to have some sort of, you know, cognitive, uh, you know, ramifications on on just how they develop and how they perceive things. And, you know, even bullying, it's like you know, okay, like, you know, having someone say things mean to your face sucks, but it's a lot better than like when like you just have a bunch of randos or even people that you know saying all these things, you know, on on a device. There's just something about that, I think, that just impacts people. And it's funny because all those people who are assholes virtually, they won't say shit to your face usually. Oh, no. no. And it brings on so much, I mean, like, not even just bullying, but like, the feeling of like for kids, like being left out, like, you know, I mean, Savannah and I both have younger siblings and like, it was interesting to see like my sister grow up in a time where like they, I want to say like got caught a lot, like posting things because they wanted to share, but Mm -hmm. other people weren't invited. And then whose mom's calling who, because these kids were hanging out. Like back in the day, you could just hang out whenever you wanted because you had to call the house phone and ask for them to come and hang out. So like you, if you only wanted to hang out with one person, that was it. You didn't have to invite everybody like, you know, but now it's like, Oh, okay. Well you excluded somebody. Now they feel bad. And then it's like, how do you explain to, like you said, like a 10 year old, like don't post this because I don't want X, Y, Z person finding out, or you're going to hurt so-and-so's feelings because you didn't invite them. And like, that was, and, and eventually it's like, you know, yeah, like you, it is a benefit for kids having phones. Like, you know, they are safer when they're like out and about or whatever. Obviously they're like, where are they really without an adult? But in the situations that they are, it, it is beneficial, but, um, it's hard to explain or like to these kids, like why or how they're affecting others by like posting and not, not thinking about others, people's feelings. And it's like, um, just such a weird time to like grow up. I mean, the phone used to be something that like motivated us to like get out and go outside for my, my friends, because that meant we can go on bike rides and we could go farther than we normally went because we had a phone. So if anything happened, like we could call and like check or like be like, when's dinner happening and come home. But like, you know, we spent time like face to face. And like, I think another thing that's interesting is like, they're kind of never alone. Like there's always somebody like on my sister's phone, like FaceTiming with somebody like, so even that I'm like, Oh, I have to be careful. We have to be careful what we say. Cause you don't know who's listening. Like a lot of the yeah. time they're just on FaceTime, but nobody's speaking to each other. I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. I didn't know somebody else was listening to our conversation. <laughs> like, you know, what's scary crazy. about that is that we don't know the long-term effects of what that's going to do to people. Oh yeah. We don't know anything about the, yeah. this technology. These yeah. fuckers are so spoiled. You you think about like when you had to do a book report and you actually had to go to the library, yeah. get the books, look through the books. You can Google anything now. So that that's point one. Point two, that they're freaking like the the I feel like and you know it's not really their fault, I guess, but I feel like we definitely like the generations after us definitely take for granted the the amount of technology that they have at their disposal. Like for sure. I remember right. when I was in high school, shout out to to Juan Martinez. He was the only he was the one kid in the entire school the entire school who had an iPhone and it was like the Holy grail. Like everyone looked at oh, it wow. and they're like, Oh my God. And you know, that was like amazing technology back then. Like that was 3g. If you handed someone a 3g iPhone today, they would look at you like you're stupid. Right. But like back then that was amazing. It's like, I could send a, a text. I could send like five text messages a month. Oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> I can yeah. look things online. Like I remember when we had MP3 players. Well, no, I remember when I was in junior high school and, uh, there was a, a, a my friend Ryan. He basically would burn CDs for people. Uh, the CD, I think, on a CD you can maybe hold what like ten songs or something. Yeah, like twelve. So. Yeah. And he he was a hustler. He'd sell it for a dollar each, and like 
everyone in the school would buy it from him. And that was like a huge deal to like have He downloaded big... it from LimeWire probably. Yeah, yeah, download from LimeWire. <laughs> you know, he's had, like, here like, you go. The, that like weird intro of some of the songs that was yeah. like 10 minutes yeah. <laughs> because it, God only knows where it came from. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and people loved it. It was, it was like, it was just, and it was so innovative for us back then. And then, you know, MP3 players, you could play like maybe like 30 songs on an MP3 player. Like yeah. that was a big deal. Now you freaking, you can get a device and you can play, you could have like 20,000 songs on your phone. And that's not a big deal. And you, you could find any song that you want, like, and just typing it, like, it's insane. They don't know the struggle. Yeah. yeah. They it's really like don't. magic. The it's technology magic. struggle. It's crazy because, and this is probably the stupidest thing I've ever said, but like at Christmas, like three years ago in front of all my cousins, all my cousins are younger than me. They've all grown up with technology. They've all grown up with like, you know, it's at their fingerprint, their fingertips. And I was like, it's so crazy that a cell phone is like a computer in your hands. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, I know it sounds dumb, but it's like, if, if you had said to me when I was in fifth grade that we were going to have access to something like this, I would have been like, you're crazy. Yeah. Like, I, while it is a stupid statement now, it's really, really wild that we have access to all of this stuff within seconds, that we yeah. don't need to use our brains anymore, that like, it, it's just like, it's all right here. And that if I lost this for an hour, I would go crazy. Yep. And and I bet you if you needed to just like navigate and go somewhere in your car and you didn't have your phone and like it was a place that you haven't been before and you had to just look map. at a map. Yeah. Map quest. One time. <laughs> okay. I have a really fu- like funny random story like with about map quest. We, I remember like going to visit colleges and I, we, my mom and I like map quested the directions, but we forgot to map quest them back. Oh no. So we only had, so we got there, no problem. And then we had to come home and got so lost that we like, we, it, it was an hour away. It took us like three and a half hours to get oh, home. No. We pulled over at like a gas station and we're like, how far are we from like the turnpike? The guy's like, you're not even, I don't know how you got here. Like it was crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, like we, cause we didn't have GPS. Like we didn't have phones to like look things up like you had to ask yeah. people like we had to pull to a gas station and ask this <laughs> random crazy person. Like, i think it's, it's crazy. the most interesting for our generation because we can specifically remember what it was like before and after so i feel like for us it's like we're we're like gonna be always like the people who understand what it was like before when like if you took one wrong turn, your map quest was like out the window. Like you may as well right. rip up the piece of paper. Yeah. And like, but now like I like can go wherever I want at the click of a button. It's really wild. So I don't know. You, it's can, you can have that experience back. You just have to let your phone die. I mean, I've had that happen to me many a time where I'm like, wow, we're in the olden days again. I'm just going to have to follow the North Star home, like hope for the best. Like, I've only lived around here for forever and I still don't know where I'm going. Like, so crazy. So r- real quick, uh, Nicole, tell us your your whole theory on pigeons. <laughs> okay well it's should you give background that like you're scared of them you hate them (laughs) yeah for all the listeners julian loves to make fun of me for the fact that (laughs) i work you know in manhattan and there is an abundance (laughs) the the capital of pigeons (laughs) and um i just have this terrible fear of them it's just they're dirty they they just they look me dead in the eye and they want my eyeballs I don't know what what it is but we're still unsure and we've polled many a people on like are pigeons real are they robots they they're always have like one leg how do they survive the elements? Like I have There's no such thing as baby pigeons. Like, have you ever seen a baby pigeon? And the answer is no. No, that's that's a really good point. I've met zero people who have met or seen a baby pigeon, or at least not in the city. Like the city only is only Ahmad and only in Pakistan. Right. <laughs> we, we Maybe of all of them grow up in pigeon. Pakistan and then fly and then they over, come here. To Manhattan. over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'm convinced that there's this one at the Port Authority that's turned half white because he's um, dipped himself in some sort of like toxic waste and he's now a mutant pigeon who is still there, like, you know, with quarantine, haven't been to the Port Authority in a long time. But I'm sure he's holding down the fort. I think they're definitely thriving right now. Like <laughs> they're definitely thriving in, in Manhattan along with the rats and the mice <laughs> that have taken over all of the buildings. Yeah. But um, so uh, to to finish up your, your whole um pigeon rant though, don't you have a theory in regards to what they're here for? They might be <laughs> government security we haven't quite figured it out i don't know i just thought maybe they're robots like i'm not sure what their purpose is but i know they're not they can't all be animals and they can't because they just they're everywhere they're just they're always watching it's like cctv but they're pigeons you know (laughs) (laughs) so that's what i think Maybe not all of them, but majority of them are watching us and listening to us. And one at one out of every, however many, maybe one out of fifty pigeons. There's too many. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll have to te- we'll have to figure out a way to to test this out somehow. <laughs> uh, but I, I want to end on a on a note and on you both giving your theories in regards to the future of social media where do you see us let's say 10 years from now 15 years from now do you think that facebook will still be the head honcho do you think that someone else will come on top what do you think that's a crazy question (laughs) like 15 years from now am i going to be posting the same amount or like going through tiktoks as much as i am now well here Uh, to start off the conversation one thing that i think may happen uh just full circle with just data and everything. I think that we're we're going to come to a time where people are going to have to, in some way, shape, or form, be um, compensated for their data. Uh, I remember having meetings with with vendors where they had talked about ways in which they were doing that. I think that that's going to be something that's going to have to uh, be accounted for in some capacity. Just knowing that, you know, like Andrew Yang was saying how you know, data is more valuable than oil. Like, <laughs> you, you, I feel like there's going to be things from a, a legal standpoint that's going to be established and something something's going to happen, I think. That's an interesting thing to think about. I don't think I've thought about a conversation kind of for what they're getting. Um, I do think that there's going to be, you know, I don't know if Facebook will always like remain on top. I think that, there's going to be shifts. I think that there will be, you know, like, I I think it'll just continue to go in like an ebbs and flows. Like there's going to like right now, I feel like TikTok's on the rise and, you know, people are really like in like obsessed with that platform. And it depends on like what's going on in the world and like what, you know, people are really looking for in a social platform. Like it has a more happy go lucky, um, element to it and people are like straying away from like that hard news like hard hitting stuff on like facebook or um twitter or just like you know where it's like super real and they're looking for like that outlet i think that it's like a combination of like now we we use it for more than just like entertainment and um we also look to like use it for like an escape of reality or like that's what it kind of originally intended to be and now it's um a little bit more serious in some, some capacities, but um, I don't know. I think that, I think we're going to just, we're going to just see it like shift over time. There's going to be new partners and platforms. I mean, I always keep thinking that this is like the last platform and then another one comes out. So you just like, never know. Like, did I ever think that musically would evolve into TikTok? No. Did I think that Snapchat would be as like important in my life? No. Like, but you made a good point there. I wonder, do you think that maybe VR and like social media will kind of intertwine? Like, I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie, uh, crap, the, the Steven Spielberg one where it's like VR and like the, the guy puts the thing on and like you get submerged into it. I forget the name of that movie. Is it called him or something? No, it's, it's not called uh-huh. him. Crap. 
I, I, I was thinking of like a Black Mirror episode or something scary. Which like... No, no, it's not. It's not scary. It's 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 more fun. Um, let me see Steven Spielberg VR movie in real time. Ready Player One. Oh, I've oh yeah, that. I've heard of it. Really good movie. Like, do you? I think, think it was that... on TV the other day, actually. So good. <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's a fun light movie. Yeah. Um. I think that Facebook will continue to stay on top because every time one of the other partners comes out with something, Instagram steals it. So (laughs) like they have, you know, Instagram has stories, which is from Snapchat. They have VR, which is from Snapchat. They have lenses, filters, reels, all, all Snapchat. They stole reels from TikTok. Um, you know, like every time something new comes out on other platforms, they sort of steal it. And because the majority of where people's like following exists is probably Instagram, people will always continue to sort of go back and, and put their content there as well. I think like we could probably have an entirely another conversation about influencers. Um, part two. Yeah. Um, and how they, in my opinion, are like the new advertising on social media. Um, but that I think that like when it comes to like fo- having a following and having a presence that like Instagram will continue to sort of be top, which means Facebook will be top. And then when, and, and I do think it's interesting that like um, Facebook still has the majority of the the mass amount of users not that people use it as often as they use the other ones, but it it gets to a point where it's kind of like, all right, every day I'm checking my Facebook, my Instagram, my Snapchat, my TikTok, my Pinterest, like my Reddit, my Twitter, like that's a <laughs> lot of platforms to check. And so it's like, if you can figure out a place where you can do it all, which at the moment is sort of Instagram, um, why wouldn't you do that? And I even think that like from adding stories that they've added a layer of a little bit more rawness to the feed, the feed still has that like picture perfect vision, but I think that it's a little bit more raw by having stories. I, I think that like new platforms will continue to come out, you know, like next door is like a newer platform. And I think that like the, the community aspect more and more platforms will continue to get involved in. I mean, like you could even consider like YouTube and Google, like they're all, they all are community based and that's really what social media is. So it's like more and more platforms that come out and more um, like apps that are created, they'll continue to have a community aspect. So I just think it's going to get larger and larger. And um, I, I hope that we figure out some of the issues and um, you know, that like, I wish that like Facebook would like, I wish that like Zuck would get like a little like knocked down. I just like really can't see it happening soon. So that's unfortunate, but yeah. What's the first app? What's the first social app that you guys check in the morning? Or do you check? I check Instagram too. Yeah. Instagram. I I, like, I like Instagram way more than Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) I always say that's like so curious because I think everybody has like a weird routine. Like yeah. you open your eyes and like I turn over, I look at the time and then I'm like, okay, I have to, like you said, there's a lot of things to check. So I have to like go through the same order, but I do that like every morning. Like, but like same. I check it before my text. Oh yeah. Which like you would Easily. think that you would want to talk to the people that you know first, but it's like, nope, got to check Instagram to <laughs> well, look at it's like, like mindless like I have to read that text and like think of something to respond I just open my eyes I just want to like look at something you know I don't know well um before we end one thing that that I kind of found funny uh, a brand that I used to work on I'm not gonna name the brand but they would um they would sponsor uh hashtag sometimes and I I basically had like just a, a throwaway Twitter account so that I could like see the feedback of the hashtags that they would get and they were a food brand. And it's just so funny whenever they would do a hashtag for a special, the amount of really creative and messed up things that people would say in like the, the feed, it just, it would always make my day. 
That I, I people are messed that. up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't care. They're making millions. They're they're right. good. No, I know. Yeah. So the Van Geyer, Nicole Bruno, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank Thanks you for having us. A cool podcast, friend.